You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. Today we are continuing a series on the book of Jonah. And over the last few weeks that we've been getting into this, we've discussed that Jonah is the guy that we all know about because whether you've been in church for a day or you've been in church your whole life, you know that Jonah's the guy who got swallowed by a whale. But there's so much more to Jonah's story than just that. In fact, this story in the book of Jonah tells us so much about God. It tells us about his mercy, his compassion. It tells us about his patience with us. All these things that you and I, we desperately, need because we mess up, because we have moments where we need his compassion, where we need his mercy, where we need his grace, and where we need his patience. And, and as we've seen in this story, Jonah's beginning this story by running away from God. The very thing that God tells him to do, he's running away from it. And at some point in this story, things get really bad for Jonah. Things begin to go downward spiral. And at this point, Jonah gets thrown off of the boat that he's in, in the middle of a storm, and he begins to sink. And he's having this life and death moment in the water where he is sinking. And the Bible tells us, as we talked about last week, that suddenly he gets swallowed by a whale. And so here he is in this moment of life and death. And what we're going to get into today, it begins to document the prayer that he prayed as he is in this massive struggle. The prayer that he prayed as he is in this moment of not sure if he's going to live or die, this prayer that he prays. But before we get into that, I wanted to tell you a story because years ago, I'm having lunch with this guy named Jimmy, and Jimmy is a uh, seasoned guy. I'll say that, okay? I think that's what you're supposed to say when somebody's old, okay? That's a nice way to say it. And so uh, Jimmy is an adventurous old guy, uh, seasoned guy, sorry, and um, he um, loves to do things, right, that are adventurous. So here he is in Egypt, uh, loving life and doing adventurous things. He loves to go and do this. Next one. And uh, so, right, man, he is just out there, and it's fun. And I told him as we're having lunch together, Jimmy, uh, what is something that adventurous that you did that, you know, made you closer to God? And so he said, well, Jesse, I was in Mexico one time, and I was on this cliff. And, uh, you know, so this is the cliff. Just kidding. This is just a sock photo. Uh, Just wanted you to, everybody's like, oh, wow, Mexico. I want to go there, right? That's not Mexico. Um, Just wanted to give you the visualization here. But so he's on this cliff and he's taking pictures and he is just, man, excited about the view that he's seeing. And he says, in the midst of this, I'm not paying attention well enough. And I start slipping forward. And he says, I'm on this cliff, right? And I'm slipping forward. And I know I have to act swiftly or I am going to die in this moment. And he says, I knew that I had my camera in my hand and I knew that if I held on to the camera that I was going to die, that I was going to be able to hold on. So he says, I threw my camera, expensive camera, with all these amazing pictures, and it was gone, right? I just threw it off the cliff. And he says, at that very moment, I knew I had to dive. So I dove and I grabbed anything that I could grab a hold of. There was just some weeds there that I was just holding on to. And my life depended on this weed that I was hanging on to, okay? So here I am just hanging on to this thing and suddenly, without even knowing it, my, I just begin to pray. And I just begin to ask God for help. And I just begin to ask God to save my life. And I'm like repenting. And I'm like, he's like, man, I'm just going all out, just crying out to God in this moment, right? And, and, and he said that moment really changed my life because from that point forward, my relationship with God changed a little bit. 
And uh, he said from that point on, he began to walk a little bit differently because what ended up happening is that we did hold him long enough for him to be able to climb up and for him to be able to uh, feel a little bit better. In the process of diving, he broke his clavicle, he said, and it was just a mess, but somehow he held on, and that was one of his most adventurous moments in Mexico. But um, as I talked to Jimmy about that moment, I made sure to ask the question that all of you guys are wondering, did you have a change of pants after this moment, Jimmy? (laughs) Right, because I'm sure he needed that. But no. The real thing is I I said, how did that change your relationship with God? And he says, well, unfortunately, right, it took a life and death moment for my relationship with God to change and get better. Um, But from that moment on, right, things got a lot more serious in my relationship with God. And, And we find ourselves in this moment at times, right? And Jonah in this moment is in a life and death situation. He's in a moment where his life is flashing before his eyes. And of course, that turns him to God But for us, right, why does it always take a life and death moment to get us serious, right? Why does it take these moments to get us uh, to commit to the Lord? And if you're here today and you haven't done that, right, this is a great opportunity today for you to say, God, I'm all in. It's not going to take a life and death moment. It's not going to take one of these moments where, uh, you know, my life flashes before my eyes for me to finally commit to you, but today I I surrender to you, and this is going to be an opportunity for you to do that today, but the reality is, is that God in these moments, um, he always is available to you. He's always available to you, and I want you to see this in the opening verses of Jonah chapter 2 as we dive into Jonah's story here. So let's begin here in verse 1. It says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And you can go and turn your Bibles there while we're talking. We're going to be in Jonah chapter 2 today. But from inside the belly of a fish, Jonah begins to cry out to the Lord. And man, we've prayed in some weird places, I'm sure. I mean, Jimmy on a cliff, right? In your prayer closet, in your car. But he's praying in the belly of a fish. And he's documenting the prayer that he prayed. In verse 2, he says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. And he's thanking God for listening to him in his moment of need. He's crying out to God, and he's saying, thank you for listening to me. Thank you for hearing my prayers. And let me tell you, no matter how far you are from God in this moment, he will listen to your prayers. Isn't that good? that no matter how far away you are, I remember in moments of my life sitting in the back row of a church with this stone-cold heart that says, there's no way I'm going to surrender. I'm here because I have to be. There's no way I'm going to surrender. And even in those moments of being far from God, at any moment I could say, Lord, I surrender, and God would take us back. Isn't that so good that he's so compassionate, that he's so loving, that he's so patient with us? Isn't that so amazing that he's standing there with open arms ready to take us back in no matter how far we've run, no matter where we've gone, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've said, that he's there with open arms saying, I will take you back. I love you. I want a relationship with you. Come. Man, that's our God. And Jonah knows that. And in this moment, Jonah is tapping into that. And he's saying, God, I surrender. Saying, God, I call out to you. I need your help. I need your help. And God 
answers him. God answers him in a powerful, powerful way. Are you willing to cry out to God? Do you have the mindset that because of the things that you've done, because of the things that you've said, because of the things that have happened in your past, that God won't talk to you, that God won't listen to you? It's false. God always wants to talk to you. He always wants to be in your life. He loves you. Don't believe those lies. Don't believe that junk. God loves you, and he's there with open arms. So as we continue here, he says in verse 3, you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And I want you just to imagine that, to put yourself in Jonah's shoes, in the middle of an ocean, sinking. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers, they swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. So he's talking about this desire in his heart to turn back to God. The engulfing waters, they threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. And to the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. So Jonah's giving us a visualization here as to what is happening. And he is covered in seaweed. He is in a mess And friends, this is parallel to salvation. This is parallel to the story that we've been on as individuals. And the story that we have been on is a story of sinking, a sinking ship, a sinking person. And so we live this life and we're born apart from the Lord. And what we are doing is we are sinking throughout our life. We are headed in a downward spiral, just like Jonah's talking about here. And many of us have experienced that, right? Where we are just sinking, sinking, sinking. Where it seems like there's no hope. And we're on the road to destruction. And we're on the road to all of this. But there's great imagery here in this passage of God's saving work. Because the reality is, is that while you were sinking, Jesus sunk on your behalf. He went to the bottom. He went to the place of death. He went to the place where we should have gone to take our place so that we didn't have to sink. He sunk for us so that we could have life, so that we could be revived, so that we could be pulled out of the depths of the ocean, so that we could have a brand new, fresh start. And in Philippians chapter 2, it tells us about this. It tells us about what God in Christ did for us because it says this. It says, who being in the very nature of God, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Let me tell you what that's saying. It's saying that God in Christ was up in heaven where it's perfect and he sunk down to earth so that he could be here with us so that he could help us, so that he could give us life. I'm telling you, I wouldn't want to do that. Once you experience heaven, you wouldn't want to come down here. But I'm telling you, God loved you so much, he was willing to sink down here so that you could experience life. And it says, as we continue, that rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus died 
on the cross for you and I. He took our place. He sank for us so that we wouldn't have to sink. And because he sank for us, it gives us the opportunity to be rescued, to call upon the name of the Lord and for him to come and rescue us from our messes, come and rescue us from our junk, to come and rescue us from our past, to come and rescue us no matter who you are, no matter what your story is, no matter how bad you think it is, God is the rescuer in Jesus Christ and he can rescue anybody from any mess and he can give you a fresh start. That is who he is. He sunk for us. And we know that apart from Christ, we sink to death. Has that ever been you before, right? Have you ever been in a pool? I remember being a kid and uh, not knowing how to swim, maybe one swimming lesson and sinking to the bottom of the pool and feeling like, oh, I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this situation. And just the hope that I felt as my aunt grabbed hold of my shorts and pulled me up out of the water, right? How amazing that felt. Guys, there's so much hope in Jesus Christ. There's so much hope in Jesus Christ to pull you out of the messes that you're in. There's so much hope in Jesus Christ to give you freedom from sin, to give you freedom, right, from a, to give you a new life, to give you a fresh start at any time. We need it constantly. There's freedom in Christ to grab you by the shorts and pull you back up into a new life. Romans 6.23, it illustrates this. It says, for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We all deserve death, but because of Jesus, he gave us life. John 10.10, 10, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and life to the fullest. So friends, for all of us in here, for those who have trusted and put our hope in Jesus Christ, it's a big deal. He saved us. He saved us from a wreck. He saved us from death. He saved us from sinking. He saved us and he rescued us, and we should all be excited about that. And if you haven't experienced that, you can experience it today. You can put your trust in Jesus. You can give your life to him. But as we continue his prayer in verse 6, it says, But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Once again, this imagery of us as we turn to Christ, what God is able to do to bring us up and give us life from the pit. But suddenly he begins to change his dialogue and he says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. And I want us to spend some time really focusing on this verse today because I'm telling you, this is something that we all struggle with. Guys, it is so incredibly easy for us to get off track. It's so incredibly easy for us to begin to focus on things and worship things that we shouldn't worship. It's so incredibly easy for us to go in that direction. In fact, John Calvin, uh, he put it this way. He said, for every person that our hearts are like, our hearts are like idle factories. Our hearts are like idle factories. What does that mean? That constantly our hearts are producing new idols to worship new things, right, to put our focus and our attention on instead of God. And so here John Calvin is giving us a description that constantly our hearts are developing these things to worship. And we need to realize that and we need to be on guard for it and not just on guard, but we need to be people that quickly repent. And what quickly repent is to turn away from those ways and to turn to God. 
to turn away from those ways and to turn to God because there's moments in our lives where it's easy for us to turn to the wrong things. And I'm telling you, daily. So daily, we need to make a choice to put God first. Daily, we need to make a choice to surrender to him, to surrender to his will for our lives. What are some things that we put our trust in rather than God? Think about it. All kinds of things. Money, our jobs, our relationships. There's so many things that we begin to put before God in our lives, right? And we put all of our attention and all of our focus on this thing, and then it doesn't go well, and our whole life falls apart because we've, we've put so much focus on this thing. And the realization is this, that all of those things, all of these false idols, they will fall, they will falter, they will never be strong enough to hold you up. But you know who is strong enough? God. Jesus is always strong enough to be everything in your life. He will never falter. He will never fall. Even if the whole world around you falls apart, even if the whole world around you begins to to, to fall, he will never fall. You can put your trust in him. You can put your hope in him and it will never fall and it will never falter. I'm telling you, God is good. So in those moments when you're tempted to put your hope in something that'll fall, remind yourself, remember, man, it's, it's Jesus. It's Jesus the strong foundation is in. It's Jesus that I'm gonna put my hope in. So as you begin to look at your life and you begin to ask yourself in your heart, what are those things? What are those things for you that you begin to put your trust in? If you look at your bank account, you might find some of those things. If you look at the way you use your time, you might find what some of those things are that you're putting before God. What are those things in your life that you put before God? Take a look at that. These things are actually stealing from your joy. They're stealing from your contentment, from your fulfillment. These things are stealing from your life. And we need to say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender to you and I put you first. Let me give you an example. So there's a story that I, I really love about this little girl. And, and this little girl, man, I can relate because I've got a five-year-old daughter. And, you know, she has things that she becomes attached to at times. And this little girl was attached to her pearls. And so she has these pearls. And these pearls have been used throughout her life. And they are plastic pearls that came from a doll set that she had. And so she wears these pearls every single day and slowly as she uses these pearls, they're bitten on from when she was younger and they are a mess, right? There's like five pearls left out of 10 because slowly they've broken off. And so this pearl set that she has, it is trashy. It does not look good. It is something that she treasures though. And every night as she would go to bed, her dad began to come into her room and and put her to bed and say, hey, honey, is there any way that I could have your pearls? She's like, Dad, why do you, why do you want my pearls? Why would you want these? Like, I, just, I just want them. Can I have them? She's like, Dad, I love you so much, but I love these pearls, and I don't want to let you have them. I don't want to give those pearls to you. And one day by day, he would come in, and he would ask that question. And every day she would say, No, Dad, I'm going to go and keep my pearls. I love my pearls. Until one day, as they're having a lot of fun that night, they're laughing and they're talking. The dad asks for the pearls. And this little girl looks at her dad and she says, you know what, dad? I've realized that I love these pearls, but I love you so much more 
And if you want these pearls, I'll give you the pearls. You can have the pearls. Here are the pearls. And it was this beautiful moment. And with a tear on the dad's eyes, he pulls out of his back pocket a set of real pearls, a beautiful set of pearls that aren't broken, a beautiful set of pearls that are shiny and beautiful, a brand new set of pearls that, the, that are the real deal. And she says, he says, honey, I've got these for you and puts them on her. And she just begins to tear up. And friends, this story, it illustrates us when it comes to idols. That so many times we're hanging on to our junk. We're hanging on to something that is valuable to us. But in the reality, God has something so much better for us. God wants to give us so much better than the pearls that we're hanging on to. He wants to give us something that's real, something that's life-changing, something that's transformational, something that will help us for the rest of our lives, but yet we hang on so often to something that we think has value but really, really doesn't. And God wants to do a work in your life. And in Jonah's life, he begins to work here. And in verse 9, he says, With shouts of grateful praise, I will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And there's something amazing when you let go of whatever it is that you're holding on to, that God begins to align your life and put you where he wants you to be. He did it in Jonah's life. He's done it in my life. He continues to do it in my life. And he can do it in your life. Will you surrender to his will? Will you surrender? Will you surrender to him and say, God, I'm on board. I want what you want for me, God. I surrender to you. Will you do that today? Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.